Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Mornings with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Mornings with Jesus. If this is your first time here, welcome to Mornings with Jesus. I am so excited that you are here. My name is Dominique Young, and I am the founder of Faith Mama's Tribe, but I'm really just excited to study the Bible alongside you guys, and I get so excited when I see my sisters in the comments saying good morning, because I know that it's going to be an awesome, awesome morning uh, in time of studying the Bible together. So, hey, I'm just excited. All right. Before we start, though, I want to say good morning to my friends that I see here live this morning, and if you are watching on the replay, hey, so excited you're here, too. All right. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, Hyquintier. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Lenita. Good morning, Brooke. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Shelly. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Donna Lenita. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Erica. Good morning, Donita. Good morning, Takia. Good morning, Erica. She said, it's a press. Come on. I know that's right. Keep pressing, sis. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, Natalia. Good morning, Cheyenne. Good morning, uh, uh, Kay Lute. I don't know if I said that right. I apologize if I didn't, but good morning. Good morning, Faith Over Fear. I am so excited to see y'all this morning. I am so excited to see y'all this morning, and I am excited to see what God is going to do here in this place as we study the Bible together. Good morning, Alicia. Sis, I'm always so excited to see you. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Roma. Oh, we are in the building, y'all. We are in the building. This is awesome. All right. Before we even jump into Judges chapter 10 today, you know how we like to start our mornings. Let's start it off with some gratitude. What are you grateful to God for this morning. Just fill the comments. What are you grateful to God for this morning? Something awesome, I'm telling you, something awesome happens when we shift our minds into like this place of gratitude. Somebody said this this weekend. I can't remember who it was, but I heard it. And they said, this is what they said. They said, anxiety and gratitude can't exist and in the brain at the same time. And I was like, huh, that is a powerful thought. Anxiety and gratitude can't exist in the brain at the same time. I'm like, all right, but come on with the gratitude. Let's just be grateful. Amen. Hi, Quintia says, I'm grateful that I can count on God and his love for me is unmatched. Amen. Lenita said, grateful for simplicity. Hallelujah. Faith over fear says his grace and mercy. 
Amen. Good morning, Joanne. Allison says, I'm grateful for a restful weekend and I'm grateful for a new day and a new week full of possibilities. Hallelujah. Audrey says, I'm so grateful for God walking me through my day one day at a time. Amen. Brooke says, thank you, Lord, for being consistent, pursuing me and loving me despite my faults. Amen. Juliet says, grateful that I was able to find a historian for a project that I'm working on. Praise God. This sounds so cool. Erica says, I am grateful for the greatest weekend my family has had in a couple of years. Everything just worked smooth and we had so much fun. That is so awesome, Erica. That is so awesome. Ellen says, grateful to be alive. Um, and to be able to have gratitude. Come on, hallelujah. Romans is grateful for the few days uh, of rest and relaxation. Hallelujah. Brianna says, I'm grateful for God giving me a second chance. Good morning. Whew. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lenita says, grateful for God's love. Amen. Brandy says, I'm grateful for peace and knowing God's got me. Hallelujah. Jessica says, I'm grateful for his peace that surpasses all my understanding. Amen. Good morning, CJ. Glad to see you. Lilith says, I am grateful to God for everything he has done for me over the weekend. And I am also grateful for all that he will be doing for, for me throughout this day. Come on. Cheyenne says, I am grateful to God for putting my insomnia under submission last night so I could join you all this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's so awesome. Amen. Donita said, I'm grateful for an awesome weekend. My daughter received an honor award at the state conference and my husband and I were able to attend. It was great because we were able to celebrate as a family. Hallelujah. Alicia says, I'm grateful that Hunter got to go with his little brother over the weekend, that my aunt is coming to meet Sapphira today, and for my friend Jenna, that God has blessed me with, that has helped us a lot. Praise God. Praise God for friends. Praise God for friends. Hallelujah. Shelly says, I'm so grateful to God for that word that comes just in time and stops you from doing something you might regret. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lenita says, grateful I spent time with my niece, sister, brother, and their dog this weekend. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. Y'all, I'm grateful. My son turned nine. Micah turned nine years old this Saturday. I was like, oh, oh my goodness. He's nine. Last year in his single digits. Um, but he turned nine. And, you know, Micah is one of those kids that remind you that life is good. And... You know, he's one of those kids, like, what do we do? We just had, like, friends, so one, a few friends over, and um, his grandparents came over. It was nothing big. Nothing was planned. It wasn't a theme birthday party. It wasn't none, none, none of that. It wasn't a ton of food and nothing, really. It was just people came over, and we just had fun. They played some video games. And at the end, Micah said, this was the best birthday ever. And I'm like, wow. Like, it just rem he is the kid that just reminds me like, hey, if you if you let life be good, like if you enjoy life on purpose, life is quite enjoyable. So yeah, he just constantly reminds me of like, our life is so awesome. <laughs> so I like praise the Lord. Uh, I'm just so grateful. But yes, he's nine. <laughs> he's nine. God is good. 
CJ says, I'm grateful to God for healing. Also, my oldest son has been identified as gifted. Praise the Lord. All right now. Oldest son. Good morning, Cheryl. So glad to see you this morning. Donita said, I'm also grateful for the challenges to, to challenge to recommit to studying God's word. I saw the tribe email and it helped me to refocus this morning. Praise the Lord. See, look, I'm being faithful. God said, promote, let people know. I said, okay, God. So I got a little bit of a plan. I'm glad you saw that email. Praise the Lord. Tess says, I, um, I'm grateful for God's love, peace, protection, provision, and mercy for me and my husband. He's so good. Hallelujah. Amen. The Brown Bunch says, grateful that God loves me. Grateful that God chooses to use me. Grateful for Faith Mamas, a place to study with other women. And we are grateful for you, sis. I can't wait for you and mom to join us on the Sunday coffee chat. Y'all, they got a testimony. Let me tell you. Joanne says, I'm grateful for a restful weekend um, and spent time with my grandniece. I'm having a procedure done. Um, and I'm asking for prayers from the tribe that it will go well. Father God, we lift up Joanne. Lord God, we lift her up to you and we ask you, Lord God, to be with her as she goes into her procedure. Lord God, to be with the doctors, Lord God, and to give them wisdom. Um, and Lord, we just pray that it goes smoothly in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, Nydia says, thank you, Lord, for saving me 43 years ago. Thank you, Lord, for your indwelling Holy Spirit. Come on. Thank you, Lord, for my husband. Thank you, Lord, for my girls. Thank you, Lord. I slept well and I'm up this morning. Thank you, Lord, for my sisters in Christ and for their encouragement. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for your patience. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your challenge this weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bella says, I'm just grateful for all the favors he has prepared for me. Thank you. Amen. Hosolani says, I am grateful for all my three children and their personalities. Thankful they are a reward from the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Woo, Belinda's in the building. She says, grateful to be here. We are grateful to see you, sis. Woo, we can keep going. Thank y'all so much for saying happy birthday, Micah. I'm going to let him know. Amen. God is good, y'all. Woo! I don't know about y'all, but I love starting time off with gratitude. Genesis, good morning, ladies. So grateful for a new week and chance to live kingdom living. <laughs> chance to live kingdom living. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, we are about to jump into the Bible today, but we've been doing something a little different for the past two um, mornings with Jesus. So I'm going to encourage y'all to grab your phones, grab your devices, and share this live stream. I'm believing that maybe there's one, two, who knows, however many people that may want to join, but just don't know about it. So I encourage you guys, I'm going to put 30 seconds up before we pray in. I'm going to put 30 seconds up and I encourage you guys to share it. I think one time, I think it was like Quintier said, I shared it on Snapchat. I shared it on all the things. So go ahead and share it. You never know. You never know. It might just be one person that sees it and joins us and God meets them here. And God has made me a promise y'all that he was going to meet us here. So I, I have made a promise to God that I will continue to share and tell others about it. So here we go with the elevator music, as Donita says, to share for 30 seconds. On your mark, get set, go.
I'm over here grooving. Donita, Donita got me for the elevator music, but I think it's pretty, it's pretty smooth. <laughs> uh, Shanda says, a grateful I don't have to do life without God. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Cheryl says, I'm grateful that God let me see another day. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, we done shared, we done shouted out God, and now let's get ready to jump into Judges chapter 10. Let's go ahead and pray. Uh, but again, don't let me stop your praise, okay? Don't let me stop your praise. Shout it out. Let God know. You know, God is good. Amen. I'm seeing people say shared, shared. Hallelujah. Woohoo! God, you are good. You're awesome. We're believing God that whoever needs to see it will see it in the name of Jesus. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you. Oh, Lord, I I don't I, I'm just so excited. It's Monday, which is so crazy because I know that a lot of times we like, oh, it's Monday. But God, we are so excited that it's Monday. We get an opportunity to study the Bible alongside our sisters. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for who you are, for how you're moving, for what you're doing in our lives. And as we prepare to jump into Judges chapter 10, Lord, we ask that you meet us here, Lord. We desire for this to be more than just words on a page. We desire to know you. We desire to be drawn closer to you. We desire, Lord God, I pray for the, the woman that's coming on here today, Lord God, that just feels like she's so distant from you. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that that her relationship with you get reignited today. I pray that individuals be drawn closer to you today. I pray for myself. I pray for every one of my sisters and brothers that may, may join as well. Lord God, I pray, Lord, that we would just come into closer um, connection with you, that we would get to know you even better in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we want to know you. We want to know you. We want to be just connected with you, Lord God. So, Father, we just pray that you show us whatever it is you want us to see this morning and that you lead us wherever it is you want to go. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise, and we say, Lord, have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Lenita said, I love Mondays. Come on. Me too, sis. Amen. Hallelujah. Bella says, thank you for Monday. Ready to hear your word, to draw closer to you, to know you better. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Ooh, Allison says, reignite hearts. Oh, Woo, y'all. Y'all about to mess me up already. We haven't even jumped in. All right, here we go. You guys, we are in Judges chapter 10 this morning. If this is your first time here, we are going to read the chapter two times through. The first time, I encourage you to just kind of get a picture in your mind of what's going on. The second time, feel free to take out your pens, your highlighters, highlight keywords, write in the margins, write in your journals. Then we're going to move into a time of personal reflection and then into a time of corporate reflection. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, then you are absolutely in the right place. I'm going to be reading from the CSB translation, but you can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. All right, Judges chapter 10. Amen. As, as Donita said, let's go. Amen. Judges chapter 10. Here we go. After Abimelech, Tola, son of Pua, son of Dodo, became judge and began to deliver Israel. He was from Issachar, 
and lived in Shemir in the hill country of Ephraim. Tola judged Israel 23 years, and when he died, was buried in Shemir. After him came Jair the Gileadite, who judged Israel 22 years. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They had 30 towns in Gilead, which are still called Jair's villages today. When Jair died, he was buried in Camon. Then the Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They worshiped the Baals and the Ashtoreths, the gods of Aram, Sidon, and Moab, and the gods of the Ammonites and the Philistines. They abandoned the Lord and did not worship him. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel and he sold them to the Philistines and the Ammonites. They shared, they shattered and crushed the Israelites that year. And for 18 years, they did the same to all the Israelites who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites in Gilead. The Ammonites also crossed the Jordan to fight against Judah, Benjamin and the house of Ephraim. Israel was greatly oppressed. So they cried out to the Lord saying, we have sinned against you. We have abandoned our God and worshiped the Baals. The Lord said to the Israelites, when the Egyptians, Amorites, Ammonites, Philistines, Sidonians, Amalekites, and Manites uh, oppressed you and you cried out to me, did I not deliver you from them? But you have abandoned me and worshiped other gods. Therefore, I will not deliver you again. Go and cry out to the gods you've chosen. Let them deliver you whenever you are oppressed. But the Israelites said, we have sinned. Deal with us as you see, see fit. Only rescue us today. So they got rid of the foreign gods among them and worshiped the Lord. And he became weary of Israel's misery. The Ammonites were called together and they camped in Gilead. So the Israelites assembled and camped in Mizpah. The rulers of Gilead said to one another, which man will begin the fight against the Ammonites? He will be the leader of all the inhabitants of Gilead. Let's read this one more time. After Abimelech, Tola, son of Pua, son of Dodo, became judge and began to deliver Israel. He was from Ishakar and lived in Shemir in the hill country of Ephraim. Tola judged Israel 23 years, and when he died, was buried in Shemir. After him came Jair, the Gileadite, who judged Israel 22 years. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They had 30 towns in Gilead, which are still called Jair's villages today. When Jair died, he was buried in Kaman. Then the Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They worshiped the Baals and the Ashtoreths, the gods of Aram, Sidon, and Moab, and the gods of the Ammonites and the Philistines. They abandoned the Lord and did not worship him. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel and he sold them to the Philistines and the Ammonites. They shattered and crushed the Israelites that year. And for 18 years, they did the same to all the Israelites who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites and Gilead. 
The Ammonites also crossed the Jordan to fight against Judah, Benjamin, and the house of Ephraim. Israel was greatly oppressed. So they cried out to the Lord saying, we have sinned against you. We have abandoned our God and worshiped the Baals. The Lord said to the Israelites, when the Egyptians, Amorites, Ammonites, Philistines, Sidonians, Amalekites, and Maonites oppressed you and you cried out to me, did I not deliver you from them? But you have abandoned me and worshiped other gods. Therefore, I will not deliver you again. Go and cry out to the gods you have chosen. Let them deliver you whenever you are oppressed. But the Israelites said, we have sinned. Deal with us as you see fit. Only rescue us today. So they got rid of the foreign gods among them and worshiped the Lord. And he became weary of Israel's misery. The Ammonites were called together and they camped in Gilead. So the Israelites assembled and camped at Mizpah. The rulers of Gilead said to one, to one another, which man will begin to fight against the Ammonites? He will be the leader of all the inhabitants of Gilead. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to read this chapter. We thank you, Lord, for the translators that have translated it into a language that we can understand. And Father, we pray that as we move into a time of personal reflection, that you would help us to see you and to know you. You would direct us to what it is that you want us to see this morning. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would be with us in our personal reflection time and our corporate reflection time, and that you would help us to see you and be drawn closer to you. Lord, where you lead today, we will follow. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's move into a time of personal reflection, and then we will come back into a time of corporate reflection. Here we go. All right, now is the time that we get to jump into some corporate reflection and reflect together on what's standing out to us. And before we do, I usually like to give a little background on what's going on. So just in case you haven't been reading with us, um, it kind of catches you up. But also I want to share with you some connections that we have with other books in the Bible right here. So really quickly, what's going on here? So the children of Israel, they were um, in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years, 
God delivered them. They spent all this time in the wilderness. And finally, they have inhabited the promised land, which included a ton of war, as we read in the book of Joshua. They were told to get rid of all the areas, nations that were in that area and not to serve their gods and not to marry their women because it would cause them to turn away from God. They did not do that. They did not listen to God on that. And they instead, they started to make the nations around them their slaves. And they started to oppress the nations around them instead of drive them out of the area. And then and then little by little, they started to marry the women. And then little by little, they started to worship their gods. Now, this is a big deal because we're talking about the god Baal. And if you don't know anything about Baal, let me tell you really quickly that worship of him includes infant sacrifice. Like it is a, it's a brutal type of worship. It also includes um like massive orgy parties and things like that. So you're talking about we're worshiping God and then we decide to worship Baal. That was a very big swing. Another thing that I want us to notice here though is in verse uh, six, I think it is. Yeah. It says that they are worshiping the gods of Aram, Sidon, and Moab. If you know, if you've ever heard that name before, Moab is the tribe that Ruth was from. So actually, whenever we read the book of Ruth, we have to read it under the understanding that Ruth's story took place during the time of the judges. And Ruth actually came to the tribe of Israel because the family of Naomi did not obey God. So we have to understand that God took disobedience and turned it into a beautiful story, which I always find amazing. So when we see the tribe, when we see this nation of Moab, we connect that to Ruth. And this is how Ruth came in, is that... <laughs> is that Naomi's sons married the, the women from the nations around, like God told them not to, but God still redeemed and we get this beautiful story of Ruth. So I wanted to connect all those dots so that we can see like where we are in time and space and how other stories in the Bible are also connected. All right, now let's see what is standing out to y'all. What is standing out to y'all today as we jump into Judges chapter Okay, let's see. Hyquintia says, God's compassion and mercy always makes me speechless. I also love his realness with his children. And even in his anger, he is still compassionate. Yeah. CJ says, verse 6 through 16, especially 13 through 14. Let's go to 13 through 14. And it says, let's see here. But you have abandoned me and worshiped other gods. Therefore, I will not deliver you again. Go and cry out to the gods you have chosen. Let them deliver you whenever you're oppressed. But the Israelites said, we have sinned. Deal with us as you see fit. Only rescue us today. So they got rid of the foreign gods among them and worshiped the Lord. And he became weary of Israel's misery. He, yeah. Yeah, Joanne says verse three and four. That's, I believe, yep, that's where we see the judge Jair and his sons. He had 30 sons and he judged. And the, the idea of a judge is they're both political in nature and milita military in nature. So we see them functioning in both capacities. So it's not, not like a judge with a gavel, but like a judge who kind of governs 
an area and then also fights on behalf of Israel. Donita said, verse 13 through 14, put a little fear in my heart. <laughs> Hearing the word no from the Lord because of worshiping others, it makes me think of Jesus' return. There will be so much sadness here for non-believers. Yeah. And a lot of times we have this notion that God does, doesn't say no, that God doesn't say no. Now we see that God's heart does go out to Israel and that he does, um, that he does rescue them. He sends another, we're going to learn that he's going to send another judge and another judge and Israel's going to keep going back and forth and doing the same thing. But we have, sometimes we, I used to, let me speak for myself. I used to have this impression of God that he would never tell me no. He was always on my side. No matter what I did, God was always on my side. And that, you know, no matter what I did, you know, he he was fine, you know. And God had to get me to realize, look, I have emotions and you're breaking my heart here. Like he had to get me to realize like this is this this is not, oh, you're God. You know how this is going to work out. You you're fine. Everything is going to be fine. God's like, I've got a plan. I've got it under control, but this hurts me. And God had to help me to realize that this is not just, oh, it's whatever. This is, this hurts God. And it happens over and over and over and over and over again. And we can look at the children of Israel and be like, oh, the children of Israel. But then we have to look at ourselves like, how often am I hurting God? Yes, he shows up. Yes, his grace is good. Yes, he continues to come after his children. But the pain that that must put God through of having to constantly come and prove himself to us time and time again, although he's already proven himself good before. Like it just, whew, yeah. Lilith says verse 7 and 10 through 16. Yeah, that 10 through 16. That's where God is like, look, y'all, look, this, this is not okay. What's with seven? Seven says, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel and he sold them to the Philistines and the Ammonites. So what did happen? What happened? Did he really exchange money? No, but he basically like, fine, fine. These are the nations you want to rule over you. These are the people that you want to have control over you. Fine. I will let them have control. You want to serve them? You want to serve their gods? Fine. See how that works out for you. And whoo, it, it didn't work out too good. Uh, it didn't work out too good. Uh, Erica says verse four and verse 30. Nope. Verse four. Let's go there. Verse four says he had 30 sons. Yep. And this is, that's funny that that one's standing out to y'all. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys. They had 30 towns in Gilead, which are still called Jair's villages today. Yep. And that's Jair was one of the judges and one of the quicker, quicker judge stories that we see. Allison says verse 11 through 14. Sometimes no matter how many times a person is helped, they will not change. Verse 16, God still helped again, but even he became weary of their misery. Come on. We have to understand. We have to get a, a picture of God and understand that it's not just like God is like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It bothers him. He's like, why are we here again? Why are y'all? Why do y'all continue to do this? And he's like, you want these? You want these nations? Fine. You want their gods? Fine. Fine. Have them. And what do we realize every time? 
that those nations and things that we are chasing after, they, they, they don't satisfy. Donita said, verse 16 also makes me think of my own walk with God. I would hate to make God feel weary. I wonder what that translates to in another language and if it means the same as how I'm reading it. That's a really good time to pick out that Strong's and, and dig in there and see what that word is saying. Nydia says, our God is moved emotionally by our actions. Ooh. Brandy says, verse 6, 10, and 13, lately I can relate with the Israelites, making the same poor choices. I feel like I'm disobedient and continue to have the same challenges. We're going to loop back around to that. Erica says, verse 16, God was grieved. Come on. So different translations translate that word differently. So feel free to type in what you're saying. God was grieved. Genesis, this time God called them out in 11 and 13, but they continued to turn back to him and get rid of their gods, even without him delivering them first this time. True repentance is clearly seen. Mm. Yeah. And the Brown Bunch says, we serve a merciful God. Come on. And we've got to highlight that in the midst of all of this. He is merciful. He is merciful. Allison says, where it says weary in the CSB translation, her says grieves. Amen. His heart became impatient over their misery. Come on. The Brown Bunch says, we've broken his heart for centuries. His love is infinite. Come on. Jessica says, verse 14 and 15. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 14 and 15. Go cry out to the gods you have chosen. Let them deliver you when you're oppressed. Mm. But the Israelites said, we have sinned. Deal with us as you see fit. Only rescue us today. <laughs> Roma points out, but are they really sorry though? It's like they were basically saying, Lord, we don't really love you, but we will do whatever you want because only you can save us. Hmm. Audrey said, once again, the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of God. They frustrated the grace of God and they were greatly oppressed. We should not take God's grace and mercy for granted. The Brown Branch says, also, God plays no games and he means what he says. Nidia mm -hmm. says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4, 4 15 through 16. Faith over fear says realizing that doing right is always the right thing to do. Stop allowing other people's actions to pressure you away from the path and actions God has before you. Shanda says this shows me God can change his mind once we repent and turn to him. Even when he knows we still go back to the world. I'll come back to that. Alicia says the fact that God Though God does rescue them, he first lets them suffer the consequences long enough for God to grow tired of them suffering. <laughs> Allison says, God knows when we're sincere, but get tripped up versus saying what he wants to hear only when we need something, but don't really intend to do things differently. 
come on. Janice is weary according to the Strong's means to be short, impatient, grieved, or vexed. Ooh. Allison says, reminds me of parenting. We know our children and past behaviors, but are always hopeful that this time will be different. God's love doesn't change, but his help can look different. Ooh. Donita said, random heart check moment, Israelite adults choice and how it affects their children. Come on. Makes me think of how my actions may affect what happens as a result to my own children. God said no, um, no to all of them. Yeah. Jessica said the Israelites began to take advantage of God's mercy. Mm. Barbie says, I'm here. Just heard somebody talking about bad choices. I can totally relate to that. Woo-wee. The Brown Bunch says, verse 11 and verse 14, through verse 14, my God, God was sad, disappointed, and about had enough, but he never forsakes us. I don't want to break his heart anymore. He's shown me who he is, and I want to mind him. Come on. Come on. Uh, Kata Luke says, I wonder how long it was between them repenting and God helping them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Faith over fear says, Real, uh, stop praying or worshiping for him only after the storm. Pray and obey him before, during, and after the storm. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whew. Mary says, you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. When are you going to grow up? Ooh. Ouch. My goodness. Belinda says, uh, verse 18 stands out to me. Their desire for a leader. The fact that they that this discussion about who will fight occurs among the leaders and the people. So trifling. Who will stand for God? <laughs> you know, as we're reading the book of Judges, I want us to get a really good picture of what's happening here, right? What happened? What happened? The children of Israel got the promised land and they started worshiping other gods. Now we really have to dig into who, what were these other gods supposed to be for? If we look at Baal, we see that these, uh, this God that they were worshiping was a, was a God of prosperity, was a God of riches, was a God that was supposed to bring wealth into your home, into your family and all this stuff. So you would sacrifice your children and all this stuff so that you could get wealth and riches and finances and all of these things. And the interesting thing is, like in your mind, you're thinking, in your mind, you're thinking, well, God already gave you the promised land. God already gave you what, what the awesomeness, like, why are you doing this? But the one thing God has been showing me recently is that God's blessings often come with more responsibility. They got more land, they had to till more land. They got more stuff. They had to take care of that more stuff. 
They got all these things from God that was provision, but they had to take care of it. So now they begin to worship Baal in order for Baal to do the work that they were supposed to do. The idea was if I worship this God, then this God will give me all the increase in my crops. I won't have to work so hard. This God will give me this. This God, will. Give. they were willing. They got the promised land, but now they're like, oh, but now I don't want to do I don't want the responsibility that comes with it. Let me let me worship a God that promises me that he'll do all this stuff for me if I just sacrifice a kid or if I just do this or that. And the interesting thing about it is they had what they needed. They were in a land that was able to produce. They said able to produce grapes almost the size of your head. Like they were in a land that was able to produce massive amounts of fruit. They were in a, but they kept choosing Baal. They kept going back to Baal, the same God that got the other nations in trouble in the first place. The same little idol that got all the nations around in trouble in the first place, they kept going back to him. Why? Because, well, this is the God of wealth. This is the God of prosperity. This is a God of this. This God will do this for you. This God will make your crops grow. This God will make this happen. And this God will do this and that. I can have the stuff without having to live a responsible life. I can have the stuff without the boundaries of, 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 of God. I can have the stuff. And isn't this the same, very same thing that the devil gave to Adam and Eve. Here, eat this fruit and you will be like God. You won't you won't have to you won't have to change anything about your mind. You won't have to you won't have to intentionally seek him. You won't have to do that stuff anymore. You can be like him without him. Without his boundaries. Without all that stuff he's saying you got to do. You can be like him without him. Come on, what did what did what did the devil try to promise Jesus? Look, if you just bow down and worship me, I'm gonna give you all the cities. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to die. You don't have to sacrifice. You don't have to be uncomfortable. Just worship me, and I'll give you the cities of the world. This is what the devil tried to promise to Jesus. So the idea here is that God's blessings will come with responsibility and the devil will constantly try to get you to find some quick fix way to get out of the responsibility. Yeah, I will tell y'all a really quick story and I'm going to read some of these comments. I'll tell you a really quick story. This weekend, I was grumpy. I was grumpy. I think it was on Sunday because I had to clean my house. I had to clean my house and I was grumpy. And I was like, oh, why do I have to clean, blah, blah, blah. And I'm complaining in my mind. And the Holy Spirit was like, you know you're choosing to be upset right now. And I'm like, I know, but I just, why do I have to clean this house? And I just felt this question, do you want a clean house? Yes, but you don't want to clean it? No. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. And God had to get me. He he began to talk to me about a lot of things. He was like, so you want finances? Yes, but you don't want to save your money. No. 
So I'll give you the money, but you're going to spend it on all the junk. And then you're going to be mad because you don't have money. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. No. And this is, we got to get a, a picture. This is what the children of Israel were doing. They had the promise. They had the promise. They had it. But there was responsibility involved. They didn't want it. Erica says, I don't understand why God wouldn't give us a time of peace, test after test. Why? <laughs> now, everybody's situation is different. So I can't, everybody's situation is different. But the interesting thing that I found is that peace exists in the test, but a lot of times we don't grab hold of it. That's me. That's for me. We expect our life to look a certain type of way. And because we have this picture of what we want it to look like and what God is doing doesn't look like what we want it to look like, it it's hard for us to connect and grab hold of what God is actually giving us. Mm. Faith over fear is a sacrifice, your pureness and spirit that God has within you. Trust the light God has in you shine so bright. And it's the most extreme intimidation. Uh, let's go back up. She says, stop treating God as a temporary as a temporary or a momentum. He is much bigger than that. Yeah. Ooh, we're going to go up and see some of this. Allison says, I agree with that part. With his blessings comes more responsibility. And that's one thing that the Israel, the children of Israel were trying to avoid. That's what the Adam and Eve were trying to avoid. And that's one thing that we often forget. That when God blesses, more responsibilities come. We have this idea that freedom means that I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. That's not true. We have this idea that freedom is I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. That's not true. God is like, you're going to have, even with blessings, you're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Always. You're going to have to clean your house. You're gonna, the, the children of Israel, you're going to have to till your land. You're going to have to make a daily decision to worship God. You're going to have to do that. And you have the freedom to choose. You have the freedom to choose. But life, God is constantly showing us that as human beings, we have to choose which direction we're going to go. That's the freedom we have. The children of Israel had the freedom to choose God or not choose God. And there was consequences to both. They had the freedom to choose. That's the freedom we've been given. That's our free choice. You have the freedom to choose who you're going to. But to think that if I choose God, then that means that I get to do whatever I want to do. God's like, no, that's not how it goes. We have to understand who we are as human beings. Why were human beings created? Based on the creation story, human beings were created to basically be ambassadors here on the earth. What does that mean? That means that we have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowls of the air. We are here to take care of the earth the way God would take care of the earth. We are here to stand guard. We are here to take care of God's creation. And by taking care of God's creation, we also get to enjoy God's creation. 
But whenever you are placed responsible for a certain area or space or a child or anything, you have the responsibility. So sometimes you're going to have to wake up and do things you don't want to do. Right? Sometimes you're going to have to get up and do the things you don't want to do. Looking for quick fixes got Israel in trouble time after time. Why was Baal such a, like a God they kept going after because of all the things Baal promised them? Basically, I wouldn't have, I don't have to take care of this. It would just happen like that. And God is like, no. 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 Ellen says, that's me. I've always had trouble seeing and accepting and enjoying the blessings and peace God has given me, even in the storms, because I worry about what the future holds and tries to control too much. Come on. And some of the things that we consider tests is just life, y'all. This is what God had to get me to realize. Some of the things, some of the tests and trials that we think are tests, it's just life. There are some things that are just hard. But you, we can still have a choice to enjoy life in the midst of the hard. I think about my son Micah often when it comes to this. We could be going through a financial situation and he wants a toy and I and he can't get it because I can't get it for him. And me, I'm like breaking apart. I feel like a horrible mom, like I can't get him the things he wants. But him, he's over here having it, enjoying his best life. I got my family. Oh, we're so blessed. Like he loves his life. Like I've never seen a kid love their life so much. But we can't get him all the things. He doesn't have everything his friends have. He don't got a big house like his friends up the street got. He, there's so many things that I'm looking at that he doesn't have. But he realizes, oh, but I got a great life. One of the things that God had to get me to realize is some of the things that you think are so hard, Dominique, it's just life. Breathe. Oh, well, if I had more money, this is me, y'all. This is me. If I had more money, I could pay for a maid. I could pay for help with my kids. I could pay for this. I could pay for that. And God is like, look, Dominique, breathe. You have what you need to clean your house. You have what you need to take care of your children. Breathe. You're okay. Some of the tests and trials that we think we're in are created. By us. At least that's been the, the instance of my life. Look, the children of Israel had the promised land. And yet it still wasn't enough. So they exchanged the God that got them there. In hopes that this other God would give them more. The thing that, and, and I'm sure... Remember Gideon? Gideon was like, well, God, if you're so great, why didn't you do Why hadn't you delivered us from all these nations? Gideon couldn't even draw the line between what they were choosing to do and why God was doing what he was doing. There, there's always going to be more. We're always going to perceive a trial. But a lot of times we won't perceive what God has already done. 
and live in that. Look, come on. Some of us prayed for the for the house that we're in and we're in it complaining. Some of us prayed for the car that we got and we're in it complaining. Some of us were homeless and now we've got a place to live and we're in that place complaining. Some of us wanted a child, we got one, and now we're complaining about that kid. Come on. God is like, look, you got, I have given you, and this is what, this is his frustration here. And I don't know why, who God's talking to, I know he's talking to me. But this is his frustration here is that, look, I've given you what you wanted. And do you realize it's not enough? You're not in a trial. You're in an ungrateful. Oh, my God. Woo! I don't, I know it's for me, God. I know you're talking to me. It's not a trial that you're going through. It's lack of gratitude. The children of Israel had what they needed. But they couldn't be grateful for what they needed because it came with a little bit of work. They had to go out. They had to till the ground. They had to plant. They had to do all of these things. And, and, and when we start having to take care of the thing that God gave us, we get a little ungrateful. And then when we get ungrateful, we start looking for quick fixes. Come on. The fact of the matter that the, that the diabetes didn't kill you isn't seen as a, as a grateful thing. It's like, oh, but why do I got to have, why do I have to, why do I have to think about what I have to eat? I want to be able to just eat anything. I don't want, God's like, I spared your life. And you won't just change your eating? That's not a trial, honey. That's lack of gratitude. That's what it is. I gave you the money. You prayed for the money. I gave you the money. And then you went and spent it on fast food. You went and spent it on type, all types of living. And now you're crying because you're like, hey, where where, where are you? God's like, I gave it to you. You just decided that you didn't want to be responsible. The blessings of God comes from Comes with responsibility. Comes with responsibility. You pray for the kid. You got the kid. You thought you weren't going to have to wake up in the middle of the night to help them. You thought that you weren't going to have to make them dinner every night. You thought that you thought that you weren't going to have to lose out on the opportunity to go to parties all the time. You prayed for the kid. You got it. You got the baby. And now you mad because you feel like your life has changed so drastically. What did you think would happen? A blessing from God is going to drastically change your life. You go, you pray for the house. You got the house. Now you're mad because you got to clean it. And you're looking for a quick fix, a way to get out. Well, God. If I just had more money, I could pay somebody to clean this house for me. I could pay somebody. You you got two hands. You can clean your own house. This ain't a trial. What? Oh, my goodness. What had the children of Israel running back to Baal? 
What had them running back to bail? They had convinced themselves that they were somehow victims. Living in the promised land with everything God gave them, they had convinced themselves they were somehow victims. And they needed another God to fix their problems. They didn't have problems. They had responsibility. That's different. They didn't have problems. They wanted bail to fix their problems. They didn't have problems. They had responsibility. And they don't want it. And I believe that God is talking to us no matter what season or stage we're in. We've got to realize that the thing that we're praying to God for, and some of us may be in the thing we prayed to God for, or we're currently praying. One thing we have to realize from the children of Israel is that the, the, the promised land will change the way you have to show up. It'll change the way you have to work. You'll have to work more. There's, there's rest. He put it in there. But look, they have all this land they now have to take care of. They have, they have the, all this land that they had to till. So the, so the, it's going to change everything. You praying for the spouse or you praying for the husband, it will change everything. So if you don't realize that God's blessings come with responsibility, you will then begin to look at the responsibility as a trial. But it is just the blessing. It's what has to change for the blessing, God spared your life. Some of us, we had gone through such medical crises in our lives and God, we're still here. We're still alive. And the doctors are now saying, well, you've got to change your eating. Oh, I don't want to change anything. Look, the blessings of God caused you to have to change the way you show up in your life. God ex God extended your life. Somebody said you should have died. And, oh, you got all these problems. And da, 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 da. then the doctor saying, change your eating. Come on now. God says with this extension of your life here on earth, it comes with the responsibility of changing the way you eat. Hallelujah. God is showing us, hey, if you look at responsibility as a curse, you will find you will you will abandon me for quick fixes every time. It's not a curse. It's a part of the blessing. Come on. It's not we've got to realize that Come on, Jessica says you get the house and then you got to pay the mortgage. It's, it comes 
You it you asked for this. This I gave you what you asked for, but now you're seeing the mortgage as a curse. No, 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 no. This is the thing that we have to realize. The the enemy tried to tempt Jesus by saying, "I will give you." all this land. I'll give you all the people in the world. I give you all this. But Jesus said no to that and went God's path. God's path required a ton of responsibility from Jesus. A lot of sacrifice. But God's path wasn't a curse. God's path was was God's path. And now Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Come on. Barbie says, God spoke in my life. The very answer I needed, I didn't like it. His timing is good for me, whether I like it or not. I prayed to God about a relationship. The guy left the next day. Come on. Oh, God, why you let him leave? You asked. You asked. <laughs> Woo. God is continuing to show us that that the the blessing that he's giving us will come with responsibility on our part. And we have to be careful not to see the responsibility as something to be overcome. We have to we have to stop trying to look at the responsibility as a problem to solve. Because when we think we have a problem and it's just responsibility, we start running to quick fixes. If I just work harder, if I just do this, then I'll have this and I'll have that and I'll have that. And then we can't see the blessing that's in it. We have to understand that this is what's happening with the children of Israel. They are not going through a trial. It feels like a trial. They are going through ungratefulness that is throwing them into the hands of another God that is then putting them into oppression because they're choosing something foolish. But the same thing happens to us. When we start looking at responsibility as something to be overcome, Lord, if you just fix my husband, then I won't, then this won't happen and that won't happen. Look, there is a responsibility that's involved when you, when you became a wife. And some of that responsibility involves having difficult conversations and learning to have them with love. That is a part of marriage. It's not a trial. A part of having the job you prayed for is doing the hard work. That is a part of the job. A part, ooh, come on. 
God is messing with me. A part of the job that you prayed for is not doing something well and having to, to somebody to have to correct you. That's not a trial. It's a part of the job. You're not going to do everything perfect. You've got to learn. It's a part of the job. People not agreeing with you on your job, that's a part of the job. Not everybody's going to agree with you. It's not a trial. It's life. So God is constantly showing us through the children of Israel that if you, if we, if we think of the responsibility as something that is oppressing us, then we're going to exchange true blessing from God from some, for some craziness. Because we want, we want the responsibility to stop. It won't stop. We were designed to be responsible beings. God gave humanity the commission to care for the earth. Come on. Jessica, who? Come on. I'm going to read these comments. Jessica says, the marriage you prayed for, this is really an area we don't want to do the work in. Come on. It should just flow easily because God honors marriage a lot. It is. It's a whole nother human. You got to learn how to work with a whole nother person that didn't grow up like you, that has different traumas than you. And y'all are going to come together and build a family. And when you do that, there's going to be friction. Come on. Faith says, reap the rewards with no action or responsibility is how people are thinking. That's not how it works. I, one time somebody said, well, I, I'll know if the if my marriage um, is not going to last because I, I get if I have to get in arguments or disagreements because my soulmate will agree on everything. I said, oh, no, honey. That ain't true. <laughs> I wish it was, but it ain't. And you'll start looking at your marriage as a curse because it came with a little bit of responsibility. Because it came with a little bit of responsibility. Donita said, Lord, forgive me for not seeing the value of responsibility. Look, do we realize that that's why we were created? Yes, we worship God, all, but when God created us as humans, it was to take care of the earth, to be responsible, to, to make sure that things were the set and continue to be set the way God had them. Belinda said, I've been in a season of promotion and expansion about the responsibilities and requirements, I declared that no longer um, will that be the, the case. God, thank you for the correction. Mm. Yeah. Oh, complaining. Complain. Okay. I've been in the season of promotion, expansion, and complaining about the responsibilities and requirements. 
I declare that no longer will be the case. God, thank you for the correction. Allison says, everyone just wants the beautiful garden, but not many want the responsibility to, to tend to it, to create it, to keep it. Come on. Genesis, I'm guilt, so guilty of wanting things to just be fixed, finished already. I don't want to have to do the steps. One thing we have to realize, and this is the thing that God is getting me to realize. We were created to do the steps. That is, that is. Like the one thing we don't want to do is actually what we're created to do. We were created to walk out the process. What does the scripture say? It says one plants, another waters, God provides the increase, right? Now we know that this is talking about salvation, but it goes to many other things. Humanity's job is to plant and water. God provides the increase, but our job is to take the steps. Our job has always been to take the steps. And the lie from the devil is that, hey, if you eat this fruit, you won't have to take the steps anymore. You'll just be like, God, you could just do things without, without having any responsibility. So the devil wants to take out the very unique part that makes humanity humanity, which is responsibility. This is what differentiates. We've got to take the steps. God can just... But we've got, we are designed to do that. We are designed to be like, okay, that's a little out of place. Let me, let me tend to this bush right here. Let, let me make sure that this animal has water. Let me, this was our, we were designed. This is what we were designed to do. And this is the, the same trick of the devil that continues throughout scripture, which is, hey, God's putting too much responsibility on you. Don't you want an easier fix? Oh, that hard God. How dare he give you a whole garden to take care of? God is just, he's just, oh man, you're going to need another solution, aren't you? Oh, look at this apple. Oh, how about this God bail? You're going to need another, uh, another just thing to get you out of this hard life that God put you in. Oh, that mean, mean God. It's just too hard. Look at look at this. Like God gave you these kids, right? But now you just feel alone, right? You feel alone with these children. So you need another solution. There's too much responsibility associated with this. Oh, oh my goodness. God, why are you doing this to me? I know God is talking to me. He's like, oh. You feel, you feel like you lost yourself after having children. You don't know who you are anymore. Oh, well, why don't you do this quick thing? That'll, that'll help you feel like you got more identity as opposed to just being responsible and being okay with the fact that your life has now changed because every blessing God gives will drastically change your life. Oh, no. Don't you want to be like God without him? 
without his responsibilities and without having to do anything. You just don't you want to be like God without God? That is the that is the ultimate trick of the devil. And what does that mean? Don't you want what God can give you without any of the responsibilities? That's the devil. That's always been his play. Always. Don't you want all the stuff God can give you with none of the responsibilities? Some of us are like, yeah, I do. Yeah, because the devil convinced us that that's what we were not designed to live a life with no responsibility. On the contrary. On the contrary. So we can look at Israel and think, oh, how could they? But then we got to look at our life and be like, oh, oh, yeah, I, I can see how they could get there. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same thing. God gives you the promised land. God gives you one thing, but then it requires responsibility. And then we're looking for a way to get out of the responsibility. So we do something not that God did not ask us to do. Responsibility comes with the territory of being human. Embrace it. Responsibility comes with the territory of blessing. Embrace it. Embrace it. Come on, Allison says this analogy can be applied to so many areas in our life. Nothing worth having comes easy. And if it does, it won't last without some effort on our part. Come on. Come on, Allison said, God can give anyone a beautiful garden, but if they don't tend to it, pull the weeds, prune, water, fertilize, the garden will not stay beautiful. It's a daily responsibility or a little more or a little more work if it tends to tend to it once a week and a little more work if only once a month and a lot of work to get it back. Oh, my goodness, Allison. And a lot of work to get it back if one waits until the weeds take over. Listen to what she's saying. She's like, look, God could give you this beautiful garden. God gives you this beautiful garden. And if you wait a week to tend to it instead of tending to it daily. Oh, it's going to feel like harder work. If you wait a month to tend to it. Oh, my goodness. It's going to feel like a lot of work. If you wait a year to tend to it, it's going to be like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So much work. But guess what? Under the work, it's still the same beautiful garden that God gave you. So you can choose to be responsible for it every day, daily, or you can choose to resent the responsibility and still have to tend to it a month later. We have to understand the thing that drives us into, or the thing we're watching drive Israel into the hands of other gods is that they wanted a quick fix to the responsibility that came along with the blessing of God.
When we look at our lives, do we see the blessings of God? Like, like right now, even in the midst of our trials and our storms, when we look at our lives, what blessings do we see? I challenge you, type it in, type it in the comments. When I look at my life, what blessings do I see? What answered prayers do I see? I really want y'all to type these in. What answered prayers do I see when I look at my life? When I look at my life, what ways made do I see? Come on, I really want us to get in there, type it in. Even if you have to push, even if you have to press. What blessings do I see when I look at my life? Some of us gotta gotta like squint because we're in we feel like we're in such a trial, but I, I dare you. What blessing do I see when I look at my life? Faith over fear says peace. I see peace, I see patience, I see growth. Come on. Woo! What blessings do I see? That's the first step here is I've got to identify the blessings in my life. Come on. Erica says, a new relationship with myself, my husband, my daughter, a life of gratitude. I see my home, my family. Come on. Shannon says, I see God's daily provision. provision. Every bill that needs to be paid is paid. We have food to eat. God gives my son and myself everything we need from day to day. Come on. Brandy said family support. Donita said motherhood. The Brown Bench says my children, my marriage, shelter, relationship. Come on. CJ says freedom from fear. Come on. And we've got to realize that these blessings come with responsibility. Freedom from fear comes with a daily challenge to walk in that freedom. Belinda says, I see my marriage, my job, my children, financial blessings, spiritual growth, my home, health, sanity. Come on. God's like, here you go. Tend to the garden. CJ said, my family, here you go. Tend to the garden. Janet said, my kids who are doing so much better than should be expected with what they've been through. My freedom in Christ, peace, a home I can afford. Come on. And more than I need. Come on. Ellen said, four healthy kids, a home, growth in God, growth for my own trauma, new friends, a job I needed, so much more. Come on. God's saying, here you go. Tend to the garden. Woo. Come on. Donita said, freedom to share God's word openly in this country. Here you go. Tend to the garden. Janice said, my mom being my best friend. Wow. Here you go. Tend to the garden. Come on. Romans is boldness, family, peace, joy, compassion. Here you go. Tend to the garden. Tend to the garden. I gave you the family. I gave you the peace. I gave you a newfound relationship with your spouse. I gave, I did it. God's like, I did it. Now tend to it. I'm not asking you to make it grow. I'm asking you to tend to the garden. Come on, Donnie, this and friends that know Christ. Tend to the garden. Donnie, this and living in a space with family. I know where we come from. Come on, tend to the garden. 
If that means that while I'm living in my house with my family, it's some friction happened and I got to do some extra praying, I'm going to do some extra praying. I'm going to tend to this garden because God gave me a house. God gave me a family. And I know where, where I was in my past. I know that it shouldn't be like this, but the Lord worked it out. So I'm going to tend to the garden. Come on. Brianna says, an amazing husband, great kids, great leaders on my job. Come on, tend to the garden. The brown bunch says freedom, health, healing, tend to the garden. Faith, faith over fears of sisters and brothers in Christ, tend to the garden. Come on. If people are pouring into you, be willing to tend back into the garden. Be willing to pour encouragement back into them. Come on. Johnny just said a marriage that's growing in Christ, tend to the garden. God says, I gave it to you. Now tend to it. That's what you were designed to do. You have the ability within you to tend to a garden. I literally designed you with the capacity to take responsibility and tend to it. That is why the situation where we read the parable of the servants with the talents and we see these servants being given talents, which is ultimately millions of dollars. They are given talents from the master and one servant comes back and quadruples the money. One servant comes back and triples the money. One servant comes back and doubles the money. And one servant comes back and doesn't do anything with the money. God is like, you were designed to take what I gave you and tend to it and make it grow. Oh, come on. Tend to the garden. God says, I will give you the blessing, but you, you've got to tend to it. You can't run to Baal to tend to it for you. You can't run to the other gods to tend to it for you. You've got to tend to the garden, your family, your spiritual growth, your peace, your clothing, your food to eat, your home. I gave it to you. Now you've got to tend to the garden. Woo! And tending to the garden is not a curse. It's who you were designed to be. That's why God doesn't do everything for us because it would completely undermine who we were designed to be. Come on, Allison. Woo, come on. Woo, I know we gotta go, but this is good. Allison said health is a garden. Our marriage is a garden. Come on. Our family is a garden. Come on. Our job is a garden. Come on. Our house is a garden. Hallelujah. Our savings account is a garden. Our finances are a garden. Woo! Come on. Our children are a garden. The school system in our area, it's a garden. My neighborhood, it's a garden. Come on. Open our eyes and see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a garden. It's a garden. Hallelujah. Our friendships, it's a garden. Come on. Hallelujah. CJ said it all goes back to the garden from the beginning. But can we see the blessing in the garden? Because Adam and Eve, Eve thought that there was something she was missing in the garden. And because she thought there was something missing in the garden, she was willing to eat fruit that promised her more than the very garden she was living in. She didn't realize that the garden she was living in, come on, was the blessing. Come on. Erica says, my mind is a garden. Come on. It's a garden. 
Come on, Jessica said, a sound mind is a guarded spiritual growth, a guarded holy boldness, a loving husband, healthy children, provision, finances, opportunity, peace, patience, grace, mornings with Jesus. Come on, it's a garden. Even with mornings with Jesus, if you feel like this is a garden, God's like, but you're going to have to wake up, though. You're going to have to show up, though. You're going to have to open your Bible, though. You're going to have to open your journal, though. It's a garden. Stuff just don't grow in gardens. You're going to have to tend to the land. Rosalani says, working from home with a new baby. Y'all don't realize. I had prayed, 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 prayed to be able to work from home. I can work from home now. And I spend so much time complaining. God's like, if you don't stop complaining and realize you are in a garden, you're in the very thing that you prayed for. Tend to it. You thought it was going to come easy. It's not. It's a garden. Gardens are beautiful, but they take a little bit of work. It's a garden. Woo, woo, come on, hallelujah. It's a garden. Bella says an amazing daughter, amazing students, family support, house, job, life, food, clothing, bills paid, good health, among many, many blessings. Thank you, God, for the blessings. Come on, and they're a garden, hallelujah. Tend to the garden. Tend to the garden. I love this quote. Allison says, opportunities or blessings are missed because they're dressed in overalls and look like work. My God. Come on. Erica says, I'm in the very thing I prayed for. (laughs) Come on. Sometimes we got to realize I am in the very thing I prayed for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so the house needs a little bit of work now because you didn't live in it for over five years. But come on, it's still a garden. Put some elbow grease in. Patch up them holes. Come on. This is a garden. Woo! Tend to the garden. Don't let the enemy distract you into thinking that, oh, you need something else. This garden ain't it. It's not enough. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is a garden. God gave me this. God gave me this family. God gave me this spouse. God gave me these children. God gave me this living situation. God, it's a garden. Come on. And I'm attend to it. Woo, come on. Hallelujah. It's a garden. It's a garden. Tend to the garden. Come on. Hallelujah. Tend to the garden. Tend to the garden. The garden is not a curse. Don't let the devil convince you that the garden is a a curse. Yes, the garden may make you have to change. Yes, the garden may make you have to do things you don't want to do. Maybe you have an infant baby and you have to wake up in the middle of the night and you have to feed that baby and you feel like, oh my goodness, you feel like your whole life has gotten taken over and you feel like, oh, I can't even see up from down. But look, honey, it's a garden. Tend to that baby. Tend to that garden. It's a blessing. You have not lost yourself. Can we say that? You have not lost yourself. You are finding another aspect of the responsibility that God is giving you. You're not lost. God knows exactly where you are. It's just another garden that you're learning how to tend to. Come on, Allison. Oh, we got to go after this. But this is you. She says you can make your garden as beautiful as you want. 
and keep it as beautiful as much as you want to tend to it. God's like, you don't need another God. You just need to tend to the garden, tend to the promised land. That's it. Just tend to the garden. And like Allison said, and I know this feels like a lot of responsibility, and it is. You can make your garden as beautiful as you want and keep it as beautiful as much as you want to tend to it. Come on. God gave us the garden. That's the thing. God gave us the garden. Now he's like, you got to tend to it. Some of us, we have a new relationship with God. Oh, it feels so good. Whoa, it feels like our, our relationship with just God just got reignited like a defibrillator, got put on our relationship with God like boom, and our relationship with God has come back alive. And now God's like, great, now tend to the garden. Every day. Ooh, Jessica said, oh, but the harvest it brings. Hallelujah. into the garden. Can't tend to the garden. How's this? Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all going in. We about to close out. Y'all are going in. I missed so many comments. Hopefully y'all can go back and check them out. We about to pray out. Allison says every day is a new day. You don't know. You don't need someone else to tend to your garden. Will you put on your overalls and tend to it? Pick up your cross. Come on. Tend to the garden. Don't try to find shortcuts. We were created for this. Responsibility is not something to dread. It's something to embrace. As humanity, we were created for this. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's pray because I can keep reading these comments and I fall out my chair. Hallelujah. Praising God. Donnie said, ooh, there's a challenge. Challenge issued. Challenge. Make sure somebody types this in the app. Challenge. Write down your gardens and your gratitude. Keep it in front of you. Ooh. Challenge. Y'all get that? Write down all the gardens God has given you. Keep it in front of you with gratitude. Tend to the garden. Oh, you got to make a t-shirt out of that. I love it. Let's do it. All right. I'm work on that. Tend to the garden. Come on. Hosolani said, yes, God answered four days at home. Come on. And one in the office. I had my first week last week. Yo, I was exhausted. Tend to the garden mindset shift. Come on. Oh, you want to work from home? Got to give it to you. It don't mean it's going to 
is going to come without responsibility, tend to the garden. Because now that you're working from home, you've got to set different um, structures in your house, right? You, you've got to make sure that everybody knows what's happening and you've got to make sure that you have parameters and things that you didn't really need to make sure of when you were in the office. So now it's a little different, but it's still a garden. You just got to tend to it, tweak things, change things, right? Tend to the garden. Come home. CJ said, get dirty. Come on, get in, get in. Sometimes we got to get in there and start planting and ooh, tend to the garden. Come on, Allison says, self-discipline is tending to our gardens. Oh, y'all. Brianna says, God can turn that thing that may end ended up a grave back into a garden. Come on. Turn graves into gardens. You're the only one who can. Let's pray because we could keep going. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, so much for what you're doing in us, through us, around us. Lord God, we pray right now that you would help us to see the gardens that you have given us, Lord God, the promised lands that we are walking in right now. And Father God, I pray that you would help us to not be so victim-minded that thinking that responsibility is somehow out to get us. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would help us to embrace the responsibility and learn to tend to the garden. Father God, I pray that you would help us to relinquish this idea that freedom means freedom from responsibility. Lord, let us embrace the fact that that is not true. That is a lie from the pit of hell. We were designed to be responsible beings. Father, teach us how to be responsible and to tend to the gardens that you gave us. Teach us, Lord God, how to be grateful, Lord God, for the gardens. Teach us how to see the gardens that you gave us, Lord, and to appreciate them. Lord, we love you and we thank you, Lord God. And we are we are tired of being on puppet strings by the enemy, convincing us that we lack something. Lord, in you, we lack no good thing. Lord, help us to learn how to tend to the gardens that you have given to us. And thank you. Thank you, God, for giving them to us. Thank you, Lord, for the garden. That is our family. That is our, our, our home. That is our living situation. That is our job. That, Lord, thank you for the gardens, the promised lands that we are walking in right now. We thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. And Lord, we repent for the times that we've turned to complaining and turned towards other things to try to solve our responsibility issue. Lord, we repent from that. We turn back to you. And we thank you for the guardians in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Jessica says, when it gets hard, when it gets tough, look towards the harvest. Come on, well, you got to pull up some weeds that had grown in your garden. I mean, you got, sometimes you get to get down there and you get to pull up the weeds. And it takes a little, <clears throat> you gotta, <clears throat> that's all right. That's all right. Be willing to put in, put in a little bit of, I'm gonna pull these weeds up and things like that. That's okay. It does, uh, whew, one little weed in a garden doesn't make a garden not a garden anymore. Hallelujah. Come on, Hosolani says this, and we're going to end here. The beauty of it all is that we don't have to tend to our garden alone. He walks with us. 
come on. In the midst of all the new gardens, God gave me answers when I was asking him what I should do. Come on, hallelujah. Y'all, if this ministry has blessed you in any way, if you would consider giving to this ministry, also feel free to like, comment, share, and subscribe. I'm sure there are other announcements that I'm missing, but feel free to go into the Faith Mama's Tribe app and check them out. I love you guys. I pray that you have an amazing day, and I pray that all of our eyes be open to all the beautiful gardens that God has given to us right now in this very season. Faith over fear says in every step, he is with us. Hallelujah. 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 God is good. I love you guys. Have an amazing Monday. And I'll see you back here, Lord willing, as we jump into Judges chapter 11. Bye for now. I told you God would show up. He always does. If today impacted your life in any way, would you consider giving a financial gift to Faith Mamas? That really helps us to continue to provide the Faith Mamas Tribe app for free, continuing to do mornings with Jesus, as well as continuing to provide the absolutely free devotional guides. If this is something that God has laid on your heart, please go to faithmamas.org forward slash give. Your gift of any amount would really help this ministry continue to reach women for Christ. And don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Leave those comments of your big takeaways. We would love to hear from you. And lastly, don't forget to download the Faith Mamas Tribe app. If you're not there yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to build community right alongside you. And I'll see you next time for Mornings with Jesus.